Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a therapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to improve their lives. Thanks for listening. I'm excited to welcome Mary to the show today. Thanks for being on, Mary. Thank you. What's your question for me? I graduated from graduate school last year in the middle of a pandemic. And, yay. Um, <laughs> you graduated. <yay>. That's good. <laughs> it was the bright spot of 2020 for sure. Yeah. Um, but I... I want to start building my career and um, I I have all these ideas and things that I want to do and I'm motivated to do them. But when I try, it's such a slow process and I feel such resistance for myself in terms of feeling this imposter syndrome. This Mm. I even though I have a graduate degree now and I'm, you know, trained and I still feel like, am I really someone who can speak on this? Am I someone who can provide value to others and are people even going to want to hear what I have to say? And I find the same imposter syndrome, uh, self-doubt narrative flowing through different areas of my life. Mm. Um, so not just professionally, not just professionally, but in other areas, I, I can reframe it and I can work through it. Like as a mom, if I start to feel like, Oh, you know, who am I to be a mom? I'm not a good mom or any thoughts like that. I can immediately snap myself out of it. And I have tools and things to reframe those thoughts. But when it comes to a career or something I'm creating, it's, it's like, I just feel this, like, who am I? <laughs> There's mm-hmm. people who are doing this way better than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like you've just had more practice in the arena of motherhood of reframing that than you've had practice in your professional life. Yeah, I would say so. I, I would say so. So what, what do you do in your personal life? You know, when you're successful at reframing that, like, I'm not enough, I'm not doing enough, or I'm not worthy or whatever. How do you reframe that in your personal life? I think for me, I just lower my expectations. I think that's, that's honestly one of the first things is, yeah, you know, there's so much, I mean, you speak to this all the time about, you know, there's no perfect mom and there's no perfect way to be a mom. And, and so I am very quick to say, you know, it's okay if I don't know how to do X, Y, or Z, or if I'm not the best at cooking, or if I'm not the best at playing with my kids, Mm -hmm. or if I'm not the best at this or that, or whatever that comes with, um, you know, being a mom and taking care of, of my children, I can reframe that as, well, that's okay. I don't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. We, you know, no mom is perfect, but I absolutely hold myself to a very high expectation when it comes to career. And this played out in schooling as well. In my Mm. graduate school, I was top of my class, straight A student all through grad school. And it really felt that pressure that I had to be the best. And I had to stay on top because if I'm not the best, then I I don't have value or I'm not like, it's not worth my time. Grad school is not worth my time. If I'm not the best, I have Mm. to same with the career. Like I have these ideas and content ideas and all this that I want to do. But unless like the graphics are just right and everything is going to be just right. And my outline is perfect and put together. Like I can't start until all perfect and put together. So I think that lowering expectations, I, (laughs) 
give myself grace as a mom, but I don't give myself grace as someone who's building a career. Yeah. So I, I'm, I wonder why that is. I think, I mean, I know it's always like, oh, it's always about your parents and growing up, right? (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily, but a lot of times, (laughs) Yes. So as I've, as I've thought about this, I have wondered if this is kind of left over from some of the uh, narratives and themes that I heard growing up. Mm. Um, I grew up in a, in a home that was definitely more of a partnership family, like you talk about where my mom was a stay at home or my mom was a stay at home when I was younger, but when I was sixth grade, she went to work full time. And then my dad stayed home and became the stay at home parent. And mm-hmm. he always cooked. He was the one cleaning. He was like, their roles were totally not the norm, especially for when I was growing up. Yeah. So I had that example and I knew that women could go out and have careers and have interests. And I totally got that from my mom and her example. But at the same time, my dad was uh, very emotionally abusive. Mm-hmm. And as I was in high school and trying out different things, different sports or different activities, just trying to figure out where I fit in. Oftentimes, because I didn't feel supported in those activities, or if I just didn't like it, like I tried mm-hmm. badminton once and I was like, eh, I don't want to be on that team. I don't like I tried <laughs> they to have badminton teams. I don't know. <laughs> badminton teams. And it wasn't my thing. So yeah. after about a month, I was like, you know what? This isn't my thing. I think I'm going to try something else. And every time that I would make a change like that, my dad would call me a quitter. And it was mm. always, well, you're a quitter, you're a quitter. And he had a very high expectation of himself in his yeah. career um, as a performer. So I definitely think career-wise, like mom, I inherited all the, yes, women can do it all. Women can have careers and be moms. But then my dad comes in and is like, yeah, but you better be perfect at it mm. and, and, and don't quit. And so it's like, it's this weird balance in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. So for some reason, and it's probably because it's new for you, this kind of putting yourself out there in a career in a bigger way it probably brings up that insecurity of the little girl who didn't feel like she was enough. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That, it, it makes, it makes total sense. And I wonder how you could reassure her that she, she is enough and she's not a quitter and she doesn't have to be perfect. That would be great to figure out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you tell yourself those messages? It's uncomfortable. Like even just hearing you say it Mm -hmm. is really uncomfortable. And it like makes me a little anxious. Really? (laughs) To be honest, it's kind of like, oh, I think because it's new, because I'm not used to hearing that. Right. And you can be that nurturing parent that you didn't have in your dad. So you can be that now as, as this mature woman. You can be a nurturing parent to that little girl who tried so hard to be good enough. So how, like, how would I, how would I do that? How, how, how do I start that process of telling myself, like, I am good enough and I can do this and I'm not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one thing that uh, you could do is write a letter to your younger self and tell her all of the things that you longed to hear from your dad. Mm. That's a good idea. That that would be very emotional. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I I just I think it's make it it makes me a little uncomfortable and anxious because I my dad is still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have interactions with him. Um, not often he doesn't live nearby, but obviously he's still in my life. 
And so it's, it's kind of like, I'm not at a place he's, he's in his mid seventies and I, I'm not in a place where I'm going to sit with him and say, Hey, this is, you know, what I feel and how I felt growing up. And like, we've been through that. We've, it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I didn't get out of it what I wanted and he just brushed it off and it's not in him to respond in the way I wanted him to respond. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely not looking to approach that and do it that way. But with like writing a letter to myself, it's like, that's so hard because there are so many emotions, not Mm -hmm. just from back then, but still, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm still interacting. I'm still hearing some of those themes and those messages again, not often. Right. But when I visit, it's like, Oh, here we go again. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And I, I almost wonder if I need to write two letters, <laughs> one to myself back mm-hmm. then, and then one to myself now for my current and future interactions. Yes. I think that's, I think that's great encouragement for the future and for kind of what's going on right now. Yeah. I think that's a wonderful idea. And as, as you heal and nurture those scared, sad parts of you, your dad will not have the same impact. He had that impact on you because you were a child and you needed him to survive. You don't need him to survive anymore. You'd like to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. So you're in a totally different position now. And so as you kind of work on that inner child and nurturing her, it'll change your current and future interactions. Well, yeah. How, you know, with taking that piece of, of writing a letter and working on, on the messages I, I have internalized as a child and, and carried with me, how then do I also set boundaries with that kind of messaging? Now, this is, this is absolutely not where I thought my question was going to go and exactly where I thought my question was going to go all okay. the exact same time. Every time that I have this, this dilemma, I'm like, mm, I think I know why. <laughs> so with that, setting boundaries now with my dad, because I would love to work on myself, but also put a stop to the incoming Mm -hmm. uh, negative messages that are, you know, for an example, uh, I'm a, I'm a singer and songwriter aspire to be anything close to what you you do, um, was very influenced by you and all of your albums growing up. (laughs) Thank you. Um, but I process through song and through writing songs. Mm -hmm. And so my dad is a performer and a singer, and I sent him a song a couple of years ago and just a little recording snippet of me singing it and said, what do you think? And I mean, it was an immediate, just shut down, like, Mm. oh, well, some people might like this, but actually it's not that great. Mm. And that's anytime I talk on the phone with him, anytime I visit with him, like, it's just, it's almost that being critical, but without being directly critical. It's that right, like passive aggressive kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. grad school. Oh, well, you know, I have two graduate degrees. When are you going to get a PhD? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, so all of that messaging is still, I've got childhood and then I've still got it. Coming You've out. got it coming now. Okay. But I set that boundary. Yeah. Have you ever asked your dad specifically for what you want? No. Okay. That's where I think you need to go. What did you need when you sent him the demo? 
honest feedback because I respect his opinion and validation. Okay. It sounds like at that point you needed validation more than honest feedback. Yeah. It's okay to say, Hey dad, will you listen to this? I'm needing some validation that I can move forward. Can you give that to me? Okay. Or, you know, dad, you've been really negative with me about grad school. What I long to hear from you is good job, Mary. I'm really proud of you. Can you give that to me? Do you think he could? Like, is he, is he well enough or healthy enough that he could actually respond in a positive way? I think in the moment, Mm -hmm. I think he, he would, I don't think it would be genuine. Okay. (laughs) But I think he, but I think if I, if I said that question to him, like I'm needing you to say good job, I think he would immediately say, oh, of course, like, I'm so proud of you. And of course, good job. And of course, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think in that moment. And how do you know it wouldn't be genuine? I think because, well, part of it is my perception, right? The trust has been Mm-hmm. long broken. So I take everything he says with a grain of salt, except for the critical things. Those I believe. Right. <laughs> it, that's exactly where I'm going. You, you already went there. You believe the negative, but you don't believe the positive. Yeah. When they're, it's equally possible that, that they're true. Right. I mean, why are you just going to take the negative and discount the positive? You either have to like take it all or none. (laughs) That's a really good point. I had never even considered that that was what I was doing or how I was kind of receiving the the messages from him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Realize I'm picking and choosing which ones to believe. Right. And my guess is he is really proud of you. Yeah, I think so. At the core, I I think he's like anyone. I think he's a person who has, you know, his own childhood, his own upbringing, which was extremely abusive. Mm. Um, And, you know, I think he has challenges and struggles just like anyone does. But I think he's also a parent and, and does have pride for his, you know, in his children and just maybe doesn't always know how to show it Mm -hmm. um, or how to validate. Definitely doesn't know how to validate. Hasn't learned that skill. So I think so. I think he is proud even if he doesn't say it. Yeah. So I want to encourage you, Mary, to ask for what you want and then tell him if there's something he says that's hurtful to say, you know, dad, that comment was kind of hurtful to me. Please don't say that again. And use your adult, strong, powerful woman voice. I can definitely try. Yeah. (laughs) It's new. It is new because you're used to, to dealing with him from a place of I'm, I'm not good enough from that little girl. Yeah. It's like, I'm not good enough. Absolutely. I still, even when I go visit, I mean, I'm 35 mm-hmm. <laughs> and I still go back to like, okay, I'm a little girl. He's the one in charge. So whatever he says goes like, yeah. don't argue, don't push back. No more. <sighs> okay. That's no a more. very empowering feeling. Yeah. So <laughs> What if you go in with your best, healthiest adult self that you've been working on developing for a long time and you met him with that instead of your, I'm not good enough. I have to be perfect. I have to earn your love. It would be a really different experience. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really scary, but empowering. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. 
So let's talk about how this like perfectionism impacts. We started talking about your, your career goals, right? And how you need to be the best. So addressing the past and the current with your dad is going to help with that. But also you have adopted some beliefs about achievement that are hurting you, right? Like I have to be perfect in order to, in order to be successful. Yes. And I can relate personally because I grew up as a perfectionist and feeling like I needed to earn love. So I can personally relate. And I realized if I tried to be perfect, I would do nothing. I wouldn't have ever put out an album or I wouldn't have written a book or put out a blog post or started a podcast or I wouldn't have done anything. And so my desire to make the world better was bigger than my need for perfection. I grew that part. Like, I want to make a difference for the world. And that's bigger than my need to kind of earn or the perfection or whatever. And so I just was like, I'm going for good enough. Oh, I love that. Go for good enough. There is no perfect. There's always someone who's better, who's smarter, who gets better grades, who goes to a more prestigious school, who has more followers who has more clients, who, you know, it's, it's a losing battle. It's a losing battle. So what if you, your job is not to be the best, the most, but it's to be the best version of you and make a contribution to the world, which sounds like what you want to do. Yeah, that's my goal. My goal, my core goal (laughs) that drives me and why I went to grad school is because I want to help other people. Like I, I want, like if I could change the world, I would, <laughs> like I have these, these dreams and these passions and I really want to help people and, and become better versions of themselves. And yeah, if that were my only driving goal, like I'd be knocking it out of the park. Like if that were yeah. just, <laughs> this is your baseline, just make a difference. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's your goal. It's not perfection. It's not better than your goal is to make a difference. So Are you going to do that or are you going to let anxiety and fear and imposter syndrome stand in the way of you making a difference? Yeah, I want to make a difference. Yeah. So So how can you grow that part of you? And just from my own experience, I just had to plow through my anxiety and my fear of not being good enough and do it anyway. And just deal with the fear, deal with the imposter syndrome. When I first started doing therapy, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people are paying me. I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, and I did it anyway. I showed up and I kept doing it. And over time, I developed a skill and was able to say, yeah, I'm a therapist. I deserve, you know, like I'm, I'm good at what I do. So just do it. Like just do what you feel called to do to make a difference. Even though you feel all these things, even though you struggle with perfectionism. So what would that look like? You just stepping forward. Oh man, it would look like me putting my ideas to paper and, Mm. uh, you know, I mean, I have ideas for eBooks and courses and classes and uh, like I could do an online class next week, but it's like, it it would look like me just saying, I'm going to do it. Yeah. putting pen to paper and making the outline and not worrying that I don't have X, Y, and Z all lined up and everything, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just, it really is just doing it. The the ideas are there. Mm -hmm. It's just jumping over that hurdle of stop 
halfway make it perfect. If right. I just got past that, it would just, it would just go and I would just go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I want you to hold on to that mantra of I'm here to make a difference. And that's bigger than any fear or need to be perfect. All of that stuff is going to make you small instead of rise into serving the world. It doesn't deserve that much power. Perfectionism doesn't deserve that much power in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. (laughs) It doesn't. So I want to, I want to challenge you to, to put pen to paper, start, start with one thing, start small, like, okay, I'm going to put together a course. Here's the outline. Here's, you know, and, and just do one thing. And over time, you'll develop that skill of feeling more confident and feeling more deserving and feeling competent. Okay. I can do that. Can you? Yeah, I think. I appreciate, I appreciate that the idea is not to, I think what's, what I've been hung up on and, and what idea you're sharing is the opposite of where I've been getting hung up is the idea to do it and feel the fear anyway, whereas I've been wait till the fear is gone and then do it. And so I appreciate your feedback that, that it's not wait till the fear is gone, that it's, Mm -hmm. it's okay to be scared while creating something. <laughs> it's it's normal to be scared. Every time I do something new, I have a total meltdown where I am crying on the floor in a puddle. And every time my my husband is like, and I say, why do I put myself out there? Why, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> you know? And he says, because you want to make a difference. And I and I say, you're right. That's why. Okay. I'm going for it, you know. When I put my first book out, when, I mean, just that's totally normal. Just do it anyway. Do it anyway. Practice just making your goal to make a difference bigger than anything else. I love that. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. So just to kind of summarize, we talked earlier about you nurturing your child that, that is sad and feels like she has to earn approval and love by being perfect. So you taking that on and, and nurturing her and giving her the message and writing a letter to her of all the things that she wanted to hear. And then we talked about now in the present, asking for what you want from your dad specifically. You know, I need some validation with this. And then calling him out on things, you know, that that was kind of mean, dad, that hurt my feelings. What I would like to hear is this. And then we we've talked about this perfectionism and feeling like an imposter and how you're going to just do it anyway, because you're called to help people. And those things don't deserve to have that much power in your life. You're bigger, you know, your desire to serve is bigger than those fears. So do it anyway. Yeah. Sound good? Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Mary, for being on the show today. Hopefully this was helpful and got some uh, nuggets that you can can take and, and work with. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com.
Have you ever thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question? Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.